It's an easy target, prayer is. Given the choice to preach on either the power of prayer or the power of, let's say, selfish hypocrisy, nine out of ten ministers are going to go with option A. They're not going to get into this other stuff because that's kind of a little dangerous. Dangerous. And if you knew the amount of preparation and all the attention and even the tension that some ministers feel uh, when you compare all that to going into preparing for a sermon on prayer versus going for a sermon on, let's say, giving or the annual uh, stewardship sermon, there's a big change there. And part of the reason I think that ministers are, are so willing to preach about prayer is because, well, it's an important part of our Christian life, isn't it? It's an easy part, kind of. It's something that most people understand as a fundamental part of being in relation with God, that in prayer we have this sort of direct line of communication, as we say. And that to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to be a follower of the way, it's, it's almost it's next to impossible to do without And so ministers think, prayer? I can do that. That's easy. But in that ease, I think, of preaching prayer, and because maybe of some of the familiarity of prayer, I think what happens, us, and I mean clergy, sometimes we make some assumptions about prayer. And I'm going to share some of those with you that, at least based on my experience and conversations and everything, I think sometimes we make. The first one is that prayer, um, everyone's doing it. Now, not this church, right? Because we are a church family prayerfully united by the Holy Spirit, boldly committed to sharing new life in Jesus Christ, right? That's us. But, but you know, I bet other ministers and other churches assume everybody in their church is praying when probably they're not. Y'all with me? Another assumption I think we make is that everyone is comfortable with praying. Everybody wants to be the one to raise their hand and says, I'll pray at the meeting. I'll do it. Another assumption maybe is that most people know how to pray. Or that most people really do understand what prayer is. We, we, we hear a lot that, well, prayer is nothing but Talking to God. Well, sure it is. But is that all it is? Is, is God then just a, an ear to listen to us? Is that all God is? So certainly prayer has to be more than that. And I don't think I'll be able to tackle all of those assumptions today. Not that it's impossible. Not that I haven't tried before. Not that I won't try again. But today what I'd like to do is to offer you I'll bring to your attention three things about prayer surrounding the question of who's asking and then offer to you a response to those prayers that I think if we were to to consider more and to think about more would impact the way we pray and how we pray in our lives more effectively. Now I'm going to do that using two very different texts. Two texts that are unrelated just completely. The only reason why we have them both together is that they 
both part of the lectionary for this Sunday, our, our, our lectionary cycle reading that we have. But I think I can pull it off in a faithful way. So first, we have to look at Hosea, right? Did y'all hear that story? Now let's take a brief survey, kind of, if you will. You heard Hosea's wife's name, Gomer. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear Gomer? Well, golly! Shazam, right? Isn't that funny? You see, when we hear Gomer, we're supposed to remember that God's people, us included, go against God. Turn away from God, but instead we remember a goofy television character. But it's because names stick, don't they? Name just kind of sticks to us. How many people do you name you know named Gomer? Not too many. And a big part of the text that we read from Hosea is names. Hosea's children, their names are big illustrations in this story. They are part of an illustration that God started that that God was giving to God's people through Hosea. They weren't just weird names given. They meant something. See, God told Hosea. Choose a wife of whoredom and have kids with her so that you can show my people what they have done with me. I don't know, I don't know if you realize how, how powerful that is. So these children, their names are not good at all. They represent the people's failing away and the idea that God will turn away from those people before we get to the idea of, of a restored people again. Now, I say all that because, and I connect that to prayer, because I have to think that as all this is going on, Hosea is doing some praying. Now, obviously, I wasn't there, and I don't know for sure, and we don't have it written or anything, but i got to wonder if sometimes his prayers went like this. Dear God, really? You want me to do what? You know, all Jonah had to do was ride a camel into a city. Now, yeah, I know you made Isaiah run around buck naked, but you want me to do what? But he did it. So he lived out the message, and he gave the message. And I have to think that that relationship between that prophet and his God, and maybe the prayers that may or may not have sounded like that, reminds us that in our prayer life, God is asking. God is asking us to do. God is asking us to stop. God is asking us to think or to give or to be. God is asking us to change. God asked. Now, sure, God asked, but let's get to the part that we're really comfortable with, right? Because, yes, God asked, but then many times we ask too, don't we? Oh, and we know how to ask, don't we? 
Oh, we're good at asking, right? So let, let's see our prayers. Our prayers go something like this. Dear God, I really need that new job with all the extra money because, because I just want to give you a bigger offering. And Lord, that new shiny car, it's just because you want me to be a light into the world and so I need to shine, Lord. And God, you either have to heal my degeneration or just give me a bigger TV. Now, of course, I'm poking fun, but when we're not careful, our prayers really come down to gimme, 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 gimme. I think before we leave here, all of us in some way or maybe when we pray together or something, we should thank God for that one disciple who, after seeing Jesus finish his usual prayer time, said, Jesus, Teach us how to pray. Because other disciples, other times, they would have done the opposite. Right? They would have said, hey, Jesus, come here, bro. Teach me how to do that. That disciple said, Lord, teach us how to do that. Teach us what to ask for. Teach us how to ask for it. Teach us how to live a life of prayer just like you. See, friends, I think when we ask in that way, when that is what we're praying, then I think God gives. And then when God gives, you have to understand, God didn't always give what we're asking for. I I love how this Jesus gives his prayer, the Lord's prayer, we call it. Then he gives his parable. And then he sums it up by saying that God will give the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're reading that whole part together, nobody's asked for the Holy Spirit yet. So i got to think, if I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, okay, Holy Spirit, well, uh, wasn't really on my radar, but if you're going to play the Holy Spirit card, God, fine with me. I'll take whatever you give me. But we see that many times... God asks, and we ask. And then, which I think we know, but maybe we don't really think about very much, we have to understand that others ask as well. Now, this parable that Jesus gave, it seems to be, if you just kind of gloss over it at first, it seems to be out of place. It just kind of Jesus is given this, this profound prayer, very simple prayer, very profound way of living. And then he throws in this little parable that's kind of like, well, okay. Is Jesus saying that God is an annoyed neighbor, that when we pray to God just to get rid of us, God says, here, take it, now go. The short and simple answer is no, that's not what Jesus is saying. Part of what Jesus is doing is using a common teaching tool, and it goes like this, that if something is true to a lesser degree, then it's true in a larger degree. So if you and I, who have better days than others, 
if you and I are in those better days willing to give most times, or if you and I who maybe not on one of those good days, but just to get rid of the other person or just to move on or just to whatever, we'll do something good too. We'll, we'll give somebody something. If you and I are willing to do that because we're over here, how much more willing then is the God of all goodness willing to give to us? It's a teaching tool Jesus gives us. And in that parable, we see that God answers other people by sending you. Now, sure, others have their, um, their big TV prayers, right? We all do. But I want you to imagine that person who's there praying with, with every ounce of faith that they have. God... Please show me you are real. God, teach me. God, lead me. God, love me. Someone prays that, and then you're given the encouraging word. Or you're given the resources to help. Or you have the ear or the shoulder that somebody else needs. And this is all a big cycle because we are somebody else's other as well. And just as much as somebody else needs an answer to prayer that we can be for them, we need somebody else to be our answer of prayer many times. So God uses all of us when others are asking. Y'all with me? God asks, we ask, and others ask. But the question is, what will be the response when God, we, or someone else asks? And I want to give you what I think that response is, and it's part of what Jesus gave to us in the Lord's Prayer. When that disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray, part of what Jesus said was, your kingdom come. So that for us, our prayer can be, Lord, if it makes your kingdom come, give me. If it makes your kingdom come, then let me. If it makes your kingdom come, help me to. Sometimes what we pray for, we realize, when we look at and we take those different prayers that we're at, TV prayers and all, sometimes we, gotta, we have to realize that we're praying for our own kingdom. <laughs> that the way around that is to fall back on what Jesus asked, told us to pray for. God's kingdom come. Friends, no matter who's asking, whether God's asking, whether you're asking, or whether someone else is asking, may our response be, Thy kingdom come. Would you pray with me? Oh, gracious Lord, many times we have...
clouded our idea of what prayer is. Used it for personal gain or for other things other than maybe you intended it to be. Teach us, God, to hear the words of our Lord. When he taught us this most powerful prayer, may we see the life that you give us. May we see how to live that life out in the words of Jesus in that prayer. Help us this day, God, in all we do, in all we say, in all we pray for, to pray for your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name.